for the opportunity, Lord, to be able to sing to you and praise you, Lord, and to, uh, through these words, Lord, remember all of the different benefits that we have in serving you, Lord Jesus, and, and being friends uh, of you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for that, and ask if you'll be um, kind of, Lord, to uh, multiply the vision or the, the, the tithes and the offerings, Lord, for the vision, for, so your name can continue to be pushed forward, Lord Jesus, for all the different uh, needs for the church, uh, for the things that uh, the church is looking to do, Lord, uh, to push your name forward, Lord, and also, too, Lord, now help us to Put our full attention to your precious word, Lord, that you give to our brother Gabriel to give to us, Lord, that we may push aside all the different distractions from the day, from the week, from the moment, Lord, and that we're able to focus completely and totally on you. In your name we ask this, Jesus, and we thank you. Amen. Amen, hermanos. God bless you, hermanos. Aquí le paso, hermano Gabriel, y vamos a seguir alabando a Dios con atención a su palabra. Amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless everyone this uh, evening. Y'all may be seated, brothers and sisters. God bless the group. another opportunity to be here, brothers and sisters, to receive the uh, goodness of God through worship, uh, through his word. Uh, we take for granted a lot of times just the opportunities that God gives us to see each other. It's a precious, uh, precious thing to be able to see each other, be able to see everybody's doing okay and not taking life for granted, Amen. There's too many things that we're involved with, too many possibilities of life, just uh, uh, us losing life and not seeing each other. And we must uh, appreciate these moments that God has given us always uh, here in the church. Amen. Um, the title of today's message is Preparing My Time to Understand. Uh, and as as I've been mentioning in a lot of uh, previous messages, um, we, uh, we've had the tendency a lot to ask for wisdom um, and not ask for understanding. Um, and in reading some of the passages that I was uh, going over um, these last couple of days, um, one of them st stood out to me as a moment of us asking um, or God giving understanding uh, to those that were in need of it. And uh, I think it's very important because there's many a times that we have stored wisdom, um, a limited understanding. Uh, we have wisdom that we could just give out, um, but we don't have wisdom that we take uh, or understand how to take. Uh, so as we continue to still embark on gift that God has given us, which is the Holy Spirit and the power that the Holy Spirit gives us uh, to overcome a lot of things and also the strength that he gives us through the Holy Spirit to communicate with us like we uh, have been reading about. I'd like to continue on, on these few uh, topics. Uh, if we could turn to John 20, 21. God bless the kids this evening. Not sure if you're having, are you having youth or are you doing youth or, yeah? Praise the Lord. God bless the youth also. Turn to John 20, 21. It reads here. Then said Jesus to them again, peace be unto you. As my father has sent me, even so send I you. Verse 22. 
No, 22. Oh, somebody else up there. Oh, there he is. <laughs> and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Verse 23. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. It's a pretty powerful moment here that Jesus shares with the disciples after his resurrection. And he finds them, and we've heard this message before, uh, he finds them in a room locked up. They don't know what just happened. They dramatic scene with him hanging on the cross, and they're confused, and they know that people are out to get followers of his. So they find themselves locked up in a room, and this is the, the famous moment where he talks to Thomas, Doubting Thomas, or he was termed Doubting Thomas after his encounter. We see here a very important moment that Jesus is speaking to them. And as he's speaking to them, he gives them the Holy Spirit by breathing on them. And we read there in, in verse 22, if we could put 22 back up again. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now, what I find amazing by this scripture here that we're reading is that Jesus had been with them, and we've read this before and talked about this before. He had been with them. He had journeyed with them. They had seen amazing things. They had cast out demons. And yet they were in a confused moment where it's like they didn't understand or comprehend what Jesus' purpose was being what he was here for, even though he explained it, talked about it. The temple will be broken down and in three days be built back together. And yet they didn't understand what he was talking about. They couldn't relate to it. He even mentions, mentions in a passage, he says, I will send my comforter to you. And this moment right here was very important because to show us something is that sometimes we can be in church. Sometimes Jesus can be here and we're not receiving of him. We're not getting anything from Jesus, even though he's here. A lot of the times it's how we get here. Is going to be how he interacts with us. How did we get here today? We talked a little bit on Sunday on how our temple is where the Holy Spirit dwells at. How is our temple? Because we could be in his presence and it have no effect on us. As we see here, these disciples. You read the next chapter, it goes one more. They go back to fishing. 
And I began to ask myself, where, where is this understanding that I need God to know my purpose and how to control things that have a reaction to how I receive you in my life? How do I put away things that I should put away? There's a term that they use a lot in dieting. They say moderation, right? But in the things of God, it's not moderation. It's not one of those things where you can say just a little bit of this will be okay. That crack in the door is enough for the enemy to come in and dwell and and fit his way into situations. And this is where the repetitive nature comes back in us, and we begin to go through the same thing again. And here we find ourselves going through the same thing again. Nothing's changed. The spirit hasn't changed. But yet sometimes how we come here and didn't bring or didn't hold on to or retain the spirit of joy that was in us, the struggle begins to unravel itself in us. And we see here Jesus breathing the Holy Spirit into them. Now, what's pretty interesting with that term, too, is we see a couple of times that the breath of God has had a major impact in humanity. The first time, of course, we we know of is when he breathed life into Adam. And that gave us life, existence. The same example is given here that he was with the disciples and the Holy Spirit now was given to them. Now again, they had journeyed with him. They had seen, they had believed, had been motivated. Peter stepped out of a boat. Some can say that wasn't a major feat because he was a fisherman and he was used to being in the waters, but to walk and to also do it when there were storms and winds, but at first not caring about anything but seeing Jesus. So we see here that as in the beginning of creation, when God breathed in life, We see here in the beginning of the ministry, before the book of Acts, God breathing the Holy Spirit into these disciples. And I like a term that he uses here on verse 23. He says, if you forgive, it'll be forgiven. But if you don't forgive, you hold it. It won't be. There's some power that's given there, but power can be given when the Holy Spirit is what's directing it. You see, we could use terms and we could become very politically correct and say, oh, no, 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 God will forgive it. No, God gave the Holy Spirit, which is the judge and jury, which is righteousness in us. So if we're meditating and we're focused on the Holy Spirit and we begin to want to communicate with it, talk with it, Ask it to be in us. 
ask it to draw things to us that are of God. And the more we're in the Holy Spirit and desiring of the Holy Spirit, the more God is wanting to bless us in everything that we do. It's a struggle when we have things pulling at us daily. But the Holy Spirit doesn't change. God doesn't change just because our day changed today. God doesn't change because our attitude's different today. God's consistent. And the one consistent thing we can have in us is the Holy Spirit. And again, I don't know how often we've communicated, we've spoken to it, and and it's and it's interesting when you when you when you talk to the Holy Spirit in moments and and there could be moments of chaos, there could be moments of calmness. There's a peace that comes over you. There's a peace because God is speaking directly to you. And the Holy Spirit was given for multiple reasons, but the greatest gift that he gave it to us was for it to be a comforter. A comforter at times that we would need here on earth for moments, difficult moments. We want to read a little bit more. We turn to James 2, 26. James 2, 26. Praise the Lord. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So we see here, brothers and sisters, that if the spirit doesn't have the body, it's dead. So is our faith without works. And so the Holy Spirit, like we mentioned on Sunday, with the fruits of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is what is nurturing the fruits. We can look at the fruits. We can self-examine and see if our spirit is allowing them to increase. Some of us are very good at apples only. God is asking us to be diverse in our fruits, not to be specific in something. God has blessed us and allowed us to receive his wisdom. But he's got to prepare us for this understanding. As the disciples were sitting there, and I found it pretty interesting that they didn't recognize him until he showed his wrist. And they calmed down. They're like, oh, okay, because they thought it was a ghost. Somebody that they had been with for the amount of time they could not recognize because of the moment. I start thinking about that moment in our lives and moments that we go through that we have a difficult time recognizing Jesus. Jesus. 
Things don't seem so clear. Maybe not the way we want or think Jesus would allow something to happen. So we begin to question. The first thing we question is, how close is he to us? Which is a question we should never ask now. Knowing knowing that the Holy Spirit has been given to us. That you've been sealed since baptism and some before. When obedience came over you and you accepted Jesus. But the seal came there and yet we doubt. We doubt because the devil starts to put things in our minds. We start to fail in different ways that it adds up. And we get discouraged. And these disciples found themselves discouraged as they sat among a room saying, we thought this guy was it. We saw him do things, amazing things. Some of them were lost to a point. There was guys that were business guys that were fishing on the boat with Peter. They were business guys. They weren't even, they didn't even do hard labor. And they were just so confused on what they had just been through that they just said, all right, Peter, I'll go with you. Read chapter 21, run, read some of the people that were with them. They weren't even fishermen. And we find ourselves sometimes in that confused state. And the majority of the times when we find ourselves in that confused state, it's because we are not channeling the Holy Spirit. You got to recognize first the gift that God gave you. We go to a lot of things, but we don't go to what God has given us. When we don't go to something that God has given us, then we're probably not taking care of where we should be holding it. Our temple's probably not, there's very limited to it. To it. Because I tell, you, I, I tell you one thing, when you get a gift from someone and it's a nice gift and you just take care of it, right? You know, I got pins that have been given to me. I don't even use them. I just I put them up there and I'll look at a pin and it's like, I should use that pin. I should use that pin. I want to use that pin, but I just don't use that pin. Take care. I, 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 get a, I got a little display for it. You start to think about this Holy Spirit, and if you're not recognizing that the Holy Spirit is in you, then how are you taking care of where the Holy Spirit should be at? And, and so for us, it's one of those things where we, we've got to start voicing it within ourselves first and then, and, then, and, then, and then claiming this power that God has given us and this gift that God has given us. So it, it will not seem dead in us. It becomes dead in us when, we, first of all, we don't recognize that we have it. We don't understand that we, we have it. Because, see, the power of the Holy Spirit is, first of all, recognizing that God gave it to you as a gift, and it's yours, but the ability to use it and experience it. And so when you have these, these moments at church, where it's like, oh, man, the service was good. The message was good. I felt the... Spirit, right? Oh, you're acting like that's the first time you guys have ever heard that? Everybody's, I felt the, well, you know what? The Spirit's here every time. It's you. It's the channel. It's the rod that gets the lightning strike. 
And so when we find ourselves and we prepare ourselves and we get excited and as we're coming in here, we're channeling the Holy Spirit and say, you know, you know, God, just touch me, comfort me, you know, give me strength in what I need it, God. I give you glory in this. And you, and you just begin to rise him above all things and raise him above your emotional state. And you have the power to have this moment every time. These moments that we have that sometimes we could just mark every once in a while on a calendar can be moments that are with us at all times. And I ask God, God, give me the wisdom to always channel your Holy Spirit and understand how to have this power that you've given me and, and use it to its fullest. Because again, I, I think that we don't talk about it enough. I don't think we experiment it enough. The emotional state of the Holy Spirit just, you know, when it says that it intercedes for you, I don't think you understand what intercession means. It means that when you're not there, it's defending you. It's actually trying to benefit you in some way by speaking to God for things that you might not even know you need. There's some power in this gift. I mean, I know there's times that I close my eyes at night and I had no idea what I need. I had no idea. I thought I knew what it was and just because my leg was hurting that day and that I thought that was my need, I didn't see the cancer that could have been in me. But merciful God gave us this gift, this gift of power. But for us to channel this, for us to grow it, obedience has to take over in our life. Actions, fruits of obedience, when they start to take over, then you can get excited because those are the fruits that we're talking about here. That's where you start to show you believe. It's easy to say, I believe, I got the Holy Spirit, but yet we don't show through our actions that we have the Holy Spirit. We begin to doubt, and all this confusion comes out. We turn to Matthew 5.16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, brothers and sisters, we all got problems. We all got attitudes. We all got things. And if you think you don't, you better get with somebody that will tell you and be honest with you. If people are telling you you're wonderful, you need to change your people. You need to hear me what I'm telling you. Some of us are so scared to hang around people because they might see who you really are. But you need to hang around some people that are going to be honest with you. Every once in a while, you've known somebody for a little bit, you're talking to them, and they tell you something, you're like, where'd that come from? I just like, husbands and wives don't count. That sometimes will just happen naturally. 
You get somebody, you get a, you know, that's a good, you, you, you need to say, you know, I appreciate you for telling me that. You got to look at the courage that it takes for somebody to tell you something. The risk that they take in that. But more than anything, we read here in the word that the reason we need edifying, the reason we need correction is so we can be this light. Because I'm telling you one thing, that if we go back to Genesis 1, it says that the spirit of the Lord was on the what? The waters. Okay? First time the spirit's here on earth. The spirit is on the waters. And then what's the first thing he says? Uh-oh. Got to go back to kitty school. Let there be light. So the first commandment that the Spirit gave was let there be light. So if the Spirit is in us, then guess what there's going to be? And I promise you one thing, brothers and sisters. See, we get all discouraged because our battery's a little low, and it's just, there's light in me, but it's just a dim. You're angry because nobody charged the batteries, right? You've ever got the flashlight? Who didn't charge it? But God's saying this is your moment right here. This is where your spirit feeds. This is where your spirit gets excited. This is where you, you, you are what draws the spirit of God to speak to you. It's, you know, I could come here with a message. It don't matter if, if you're not prepared to receive it. It doesn't get doesn't do anything. But when the Spirit's here and it's excited and, it's, and, and you're telling yourself, God, speak to me. God, charge me because I need this light to shine. I need it to shine. I need these new opportunities that you're going to bring before me now that the Holy Spirit, I'm communicating with it. And there's power there. I mean, there's power in the Holy Spirit. I don't think we understand the power. The power of the Holy Spirit is you saying something that the Holy Spirit has drawn you to and and, and healing happening. It's believing this gift in you. But it's not just for the magic show. It's so we can light up and show this world that's in darkness that there is a true God, a creator of all things, a redeemer. See, re- people need to know about the redemption. See, they, 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 know, they know the sacrifice, but they don't understand what the sacrifice meant and how he came to redeem us, to take back what the devil had taken. The moment we excite ourselves and say, God, spirit in me, Father, forgive me for my lackadaisical approach, keeping your, my spirit asleep in me, but I want it to awaken. Oh, I want things to tremble. Oh, man, and they'll tremble for you. I'm telling you, I've said dumb things before in the Holy Spirit. I remember the time I was in youth and I was like, put your hand on the wall at your house and just pray for your house. Your house is going through something. Put your hand on your wall in your room and just pray. It's the Holy Spirit right there. 
It had nothing to do with me telling them to do that. It's just knowing that if they believed to do that, that the Holy Spirit was going to take over. You will feel these moments, brothers, in you where God has spoken to you and done things for you. And you tap into this moment and saying, God, you're great. I know you can do this, Jesus. Now this Holy Spirit starts to thrive and live. Starts to light up. You'll never be afraid of anything once you realize that the Holy Spirit is in you. You'll only be afraid if it's off and the light's not on. The way we turn on the light is, again, being prepared always, proclaiming his glory. Oh, that's how you get, that's how, you know, the, the ten virgins, you know, how were they prepared? They were prepared right there, vigilant. We got to be prepared and vigilant, saying, Holy Spirit, okay, how do I feed the Holy Spirit? Okay, how does it, how does it grow within me? How do I protect my temple? How do I do these things? Okay, I need to be in the Word. Am I, have I been in the Word these last couple of days? No, I haven't. I've been doing more other things than I've, than I, than I've really committed to the Word. I'm, I'm more into, into uh, materialistic things or things that are, are self-gaining for me here, not self-gaining for me outside of here. Oh, and it's tough. Anybody wants to think here that they, it's challenging for them, get in line. At that moment that you start to, when God frees up everything here, the moment you give to him, everything here becomes easier. You see in chapter 21 again in John, Peter's back to doing what he's doing. Ain't doing such a good job either. Jesus shows up and says, just throw that net on the other side there. They throw it and they can't even hold what they caught. And it's interesting because he, he tells them to do that stuff just after he breathed the Holy Spirit in them in chapter 20. Then 21, I read these. These are great. You know, again, if you could just read them, just read them. Don't read them, you know, for all these mysteries. Just read them because it's just, it's good. It's good. It's, it's good writing. And then, and then 21, you know, he sees them there, and it's, and it's dark, and, and, and he tells them to do it, and they do it, and, and they, they can't believe it, and, they, and then they see that it's Jesus. And he says, you know, come to shore because I want to feed you this fish that you caught and the bread that I've prepared. You see, the Holy Spirit can be given to you. The gift is given to you, but unless... It's receiving from God, and it's not thriving. I've talked about it. It could be dormant. Next day they were fishing after they had received the Holy Spirit. I think they got the Holy Spirit. They're like, let's go. We're going to, you know, travel to all these countries, and, and now you can see. No. The Holy Spirit was given, and now it was time to eat. With Jesus. You see, brothers and sisters, some of us are and we're not prepared for some of these things. And we get these, like I said, this this wisdom that's here, and we, oh man, that was good, you know. You know, Brother Gabe talked about this, and some of us might not go and read 20 and 21 because it was like, ah, I'm busy. 
busy, 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 busy. I got busy stuff. And that Holy Spirit is just saddened. Because the closer, the, the more we challenge ourselves at our human state, and we challenge ourselves because we don't want to, we don't have time, the more we challenge that, the more the Holy Spirit is pleased. It's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. You know, we've made a lot of sacrifices in our lives, but the Holy Spirit, this is a sacrifice that pleases God and makes the Holy Spirit thrive in us. And we now not only can speak life, but people see life spoken in us by changes that are happening. I had an opportunity to talk with Donna and Brother Renee. And you can see the changes happening through the years, stories they would tell me. And they're not easy changes. And God bless them, but it hasn't been easy. And it, and it hasn't been easy. The, 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 hard, the st- more stubborn we are, sometimes the harder it is. That's the, what I've seen in my life. I'm not blessed like Brother Anthony with a whole set of hair and beautiful hair like he has. But I find myself just saying, God, you know, I want to just be moved by you and not be corrected in my movement by you. I don't want to start to walk somewhere that I have to be corrected to get back in line, but I want to be guided by you. Oh, that spirit, spirit of God, spirit of God, guide me, Father. Guide me in decisions, God. Guide me in in just my heart, that my heart is not deceiving me, Father. That you're in control of everything, Jesus. We turn to Hebrews 11.6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. You see, brothers and sisters, our faith has to believe that the Holy Spirit is in us. Our faith has to believe that the word of God was not did not misspeak. It's in us. It's in you. If you've been obedient, now if you haven't been obedient, then that lingering gray area of doubt could be there. But if you've been obedient, Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, and the gift 
of the Holy Spirit will be given to you. If we're obedient, then there's no doubt. Now, is it thriving in us? There should be no doubt that it's in you. Are we fueling it? Are we feeding it? And this is the beautiful part about God is that God's mercy is like, okay, you've recognized it's in you now. Okay, 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 okay. You finally, you know, it came to you that it's in you. So now start to feed it. And, and, and start to feed it. Start to get excited about it. Start to, you know, you remember your first love. Return to your first love, it says. This thing where I couldn't stop and I was just, man, next thing, next thing. And it's just like you found yourself talking differently and, 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 and testifying. And, and the world hasn't just worn you mute. So you don't speak anymore. Oh, and the Holy Spirit starts to get excited and starts to, and those waters begin to move, move, move. And as the waters move, creation happened in this world. And as they move in us, God starts to create in us. Create in me, God, a new heart. This Holy Spirit, this great mystery. Jesus had to tell him, I can't be with you. I can't be with you anymore. I'm no good being with you. Can you imagine, you know, Jesus telling the disciples, I'm no good being with you. I got to be gone so I could be in you. I mean, that's powerful. You know, it, you, could you imagine having a loved one telling you, I can't be with you anymore. You're like, what do you mean you can't be with me? I can't be with you. Being with me means not being in you. Oh, man. You see, some of us want God with us, but we don't realize that he could be in us. When that strain comes in moments where you're just wanting to react, and that's God next to you. When God's in you, it's the word reacting. It's experiencing Christ. I had a couple of conversations with Brother Renee, and I said, Brother, you, you experienced Christ when you can't say anything and they hit you and, and it's the Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. That's experiencing Christ. Those are moments that are rare that you can just, when you don't react and it's not you doing this stuff and it's the Holy Spirit taking control and the old man dying. But we got to fuel this fire that's in us. And more than anything, brothers and sisters, this light will shine as this fuel takes over. And we must understand that we cannot please God without having this faith inside of us, this hope inside of us. There's this hope inside of you that the Holy Spirit is perfect. And though you've got an obstacle in your way, you've got the Holy Spirit with you. You've got God with you inside of you. It's powerful it being inside of you. It's not, you know, it's, it, it's not a term of with you. It's inside of you. 
as the word penetrates to the deep asunder, it says, like a double-edged sword, the Holy Spirit flows freely. It's roaming inside of you, just finding everything. And, and, and sometimes it's embarrassing. Sometimes it's shameful. Sometimes it's stuff that we're still working on. And it's sometimes that we don't recognize that we need to work on it. And that's where it intercedes for us and says, God, help them. Help them in this, God. They're not seeing that this is wrong. They're not seeing that they're about to hit the desert again. Going to make another pass, another year in the desert. But as we pray for this Holy Spirit to thrive, we also must be ready to receive understanding. You see, they received the Holy Spirit, but the understanding wasn't there yet. Because the next chapter, they find themselves back doing what they were doing before. If we turn to Titus 1.16, they profess that they know God, but in works they deny him being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. Now, brothers and sisters, they profess that they know God. I mean, I think Titus here, they profess that they know God. I mean, Titus is talking to the church here. I don't think Titus is talking to the bartender, the drug dealer. They profess to know God. But they deny him. And look at some of the terms that they use here. Abominable. And disobedient, disobedience the one that sticks out to me because as a child, we teach our children not to be what? Disobedient. And we use it in a lot of terms, right? But disobedience, a big one here because here the obedience is the word of God, is the wisdom of God. Understanding it is applying it not to be disobedient. But the last one's the worst because it uses this term of being reprobated, having a reprobated mind, meaning, and it uses the term as allowing someone to do shameful things, having a reprobated mind, a blinded mind, that they won't see the depth of darkness. Because, again, it all started with disobedience. And it says right here, professing that they know God, yet denying him. How do they deny him? Because, again, they begin to doubt what's being spoken. They begin to doubt, and, and this is where the Holy Spirit starts to get vexed. And we learned on Sunday it starts to grieve itself. If our Holy Spirit's grieving itself, is how it's been vexed, then... These are these moments where we've got to, because again, if it's not feeling like, I, you know, brother, I'm not feeling like I felt this previous service. I'm not feeling this and this and that. And nothing's changed. The spirit's here. So the spirit should be rejoicing. If the spirit's not rejoicing, then you got to ask where your temple's at. How's your signal today? Because we must come here. We must be prepared always and be vigilant. And we must talk about these things until these things are applied in our lives and they're fluent and they're natural. 
If it's one time, if it's two times, if it's 20 times, whatever the times that they are that we speak to it, we can accept this gift and utilize it. But being reprobated, see this new wave coming across our land. We see the dishonoring of things, sacred things. And the Holy Spirit is grieved here as it moves through the waters. See how humanity is taken so many things that were cherished and honored by God. Marriage to birth and have just dishonored. We must be ready. Spirit must be ready. Because there's fights that are coming, brothers and sisters, that should not be overtaken. Your spirit must be on fire. To not just be moved. Your spirit must be on fire. To not just be politically correct and just give a easy answer. But I think this, well, I could agree with that. Well, you're right. God is love. The Holy Spirit must be in the word. Responding through the word. James one twenty two. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Now this is pretty powerful from James because we find ourselves we were talking about the disciples before that were doers. They were doing what Jesus said, I'm sorry, they were hearers of the word. And they found themselves doing what they were hearing. But yet there was still a gap there because they felt they had him there. They they weren't fully vested in this. And what I mean by that, brothers and sisters, is that when you've got your security there, Something goes wrong, you go to your security. And that moment that that security wasn't there anymore, what were they doing? They were in a room locked. They, they, they're like, what are we going to do here, guys? If they find out, and you can see uh, Peter's reaction that, you know, he, he, he completely pushed himself away and, and denied him three times. Because he was just hearing. The doing side of it was part of the fact that Jesus was there. But Jesus not being there, and when faith had to take over, when faith has to take over because I can't see, and things start to change because your spirit needs faith. Your spirit needs faith because it's believing the things they cannot see. See, they could see Jesus. 
And so they were able to do. The moment that he wasn't there, they everything just rocked itself. The moment that Jesus, the earth didn't tremble when they when Peter saw them taking him. He changed moments. I mean, it didn't even take, it just changed when he saw them taking his master. And this is where our faith and our spirit have to meet. And this power starts to come over you, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave is the same power you have. What is it? What is it in you that you're struggling with that you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to overtake? What have you not seen that's caused you to not believe? Because the moment we can find that and the moment we we, we understand that our faith is what's going to, it's going to ignite. Our faith is the spark for the spirit to go flame itself, to overtake things. I want understanding in what this faith is that inspires my spirit, strengthen itself to, to have the power to, to lead me, to guide me, to for my prayers to have an impact because my prayers are doing God's will, not just my heart's will. I understand this, this power that God has given me. If we turn to Matthew 15, Matthew 15, 8, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Verse 9. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines of doctrines the commandments of men. This is pretty powerful. So we look at here. A couple of things that God calls out here in verse 8. They honor me with their lips. Then it gives the example of something other, something physical, but their hearts are far from me. In vain, they worship me. We sometimes come here to worship thinking that that's the only thing that created opportunity for us here on earth. Instead of worshiping, for him being God alone, not for what I need, but the fact that he just, he's deserving to be God, not because I have my health, but because he's just God, and even if I don't have my health, he's still God. So we come here confused in our worship, and if we're not, if things aren't going right, then our worship isn't so right. And this is where our Holy Spirit has to intercede and take over and say, you don't understand. Look, even if it ain't right, he's still God. 
praise him. You got to lift them up. This is where it convicts you. It says that it says that the Holy Spirit was here to convict us. It's what convinces you that you're not doing enough. You're not praising enough. You're not sacrificing enough. You're not reading enough. It's what it's your conscience that's guiding you. This beautiful thing that's in you is what's speaking to you. This is where our communication, you know, we, we want to feed it. We want, we want it to speak louder in us so we don't hear the other voices that want to discourage you. All it takes sometimes is one little thing that we hear. And sometimes we even hear from people that haven't even figured it out, and yet it affects us. You're letting something affect you from someone that hasn't even figured it out yet? This is where we need the wisdom and understanding from God. This is where the Holy Spirit can give you word and give you comfort through the word of God. This is where terms like not giving the pearls to the pigs comes into effect. This is where understanding these, this power from the word of God, the power to Walk away, like Pastor used to say. And not hold on to bitterness, not hold on to pain just because humans are mean. And you're going to allow somebody to affect you that hasn't figured it out yet? Oh, no. No, I'm done with that. Thank you. I'm going to go with people that are fighting the same fight I'm fighting. The good fight. This is my family here. You know, when our spirits connect, brothers and sisters, the power in community that happens, the power. This is the draw. This is the desire we have. But see, if our spirit's not connecting, if, we're, if again, if the fire's not on, if it's not ignited through our faith, We've seen tremendous things even here these last few months, miracles of God, our brother Renee. Still amazed by and him and Donna. You, you guys got some good memories, brothers and sisters. You, you guys, whew. Brother Renee is going to teach me how to cook a steak. Cut meat. Got a degree in that. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Bro, you gotta teach me. I love love to learn about that. Forget I don't know, right, brother? When, right? You say when, brother Rafael? We'll all get we're, you know, we're gonna have a men's meeting on on that now. Oh, he was he was blowing me away when he was telling me that. Ribeyes and all this. Mr. Donna said, I won't even go, I don't even mess with it. He was telling me. I let him go pick it out because of this science that he's figured out. What a beautiful thing when you, when you find something new about someone you've been praying about, someone that you love. Your brothers and sisters, we, we're looking in all the wrong places. And our Holy Spirit will connect us. And when this connection happens and, and this fire, you know, and this is where terms, you know, were, were, or two are, are, are better than one. 
You keep on adding to this, and this, this strength happens. It pleases God. But we can't just be people that just with our lips say, oh, I love you, brother. I love you. I love you. I love you. And then what do we do? We run from here back to what's not feeding our spirit. We run back to what's cardinal at times. We leave here into cardinal things. We leave here in what satisfies our heart, not what's satisfying our spirit. And when we start leaving here and we're like still thinking about our spirit, then our spirit thrives and God will take care of what's of the heart. We can't take care of anything until we take care of what's inside. You're not going to fix anything until you fix what's inside, until the Holy Spirit starts to thrive in us. Then there's going to be power in what's spoken. There's going to be power in what's prayed on. You're going to grab somebody one time and you're because you're going to be on fire with the Spirit because of the obedience that's in you, and you're just going to grab someone and just grabbing them, they're going to feel the touch. I want this power from God that it's not just by my lips alone, but what's inside of me that's thriving, the obedience. You're going to feel this power in you when, you when you're obedient, but when you're not obedient, this is where this power is taken from us that's in us. That's where the devil's robbing us. Confusing us. Stealing from us. Robbing, trying to kill us. And I hear and I see, you know, people that have these new terms, these new ways of looking at things. They're out there everywhere. The new age. Oh, I think Jesus meant it like this. And they'll use certain verses, but not all the verses. Oh, and I thank God when I hear this, and I'm like, thank you, God, for giving me everything and not holding back anything. I'm not just using this one right here and not paying attention to what you said later. I'm wanting it all, God, because the closer I am to you, Jesus, is the more that I'm fueling what's inside of me. And your word has to be what fuels it. Give me understanding in your word so my spirit can be happy. And not confused. Titus 3.8. Musicians can come up. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. This is a faithful saying, and I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. So this is a faithful saying. If you believed in God, 
Be careful to maintain what you've believed in. When God reveals something to you, grab it. Have you ever found something precious? You still have it. You still keep it somewhere. Do you still know where it's at? As humans, we're consistent in how we put things, you know. I'm almost willing to bet that your wallet's put in the same place every night. Your phone, your keys. The same way you go to work is probably the same way you go to work all the time. You've mastered it. To where you know the shortcuts. You've taken it one time and you're like, that was wrong. (laughs) But we have these things in us that create consistency. The word of God here says for us to be consistent in our obedience. As we've seen God, we've believed in God, we've we've trusted in God, let your Holy Spirit now overtake and see Brothers and sisters, we limit ourselves on how, how we receive and we see God by how far we go into it. So the more we're obedient, the more we see God. The more we're obedient, the more we see God. And it becomes now a challenge for us as a stairway to seeing him more and seeing him clearly. I'm obedient. I get closer to you, God. I see you. I'm obedient. My spirit is fed and I see you. If I'm not seeing you, where's my obedience at? If I'm not seeing you, where is my spirit? How does my spirit feel? If it's too much of me, it's definitely not going to be seeing you. If I want to see you, it's less of me. I want to believe in you, God. I want to believe in you, Father, and for me to believe in you is my obedience. You see me believing in you. You see the light in me in obedience. But you're so merciful and good, God. Oh, man, you're so good, God. You are good, God. You are good because I'm sometimes I'm not obedient, but you're good, God. Oh, you're merciful with your word. Oh, Redeemer. Oh, I fail. Oh, I fail when I wake up. I'm not talking about just falling back in bed. I fail when I. Despite not thanking you and thinking of you. I fail when I get in my car and I see something new that you created just for me, trying to get my attention for that day. Look what I did for you. Look how I painted the sky for you. Look how the sun looks for you. Look at the air, how crisp it was this morning for you. Ooh, and when you start to recognize these things and your Holy Spirit begins to tingle, because now you're believing as as it moved through the waters and it created life here on earth. God is creating for you. And life isn't so yucky. 
because we're seeing all the things that we have to do to maintain life. I got to take this. I got to inject this. I got to do this. I got to do this. Here we go, another routine. Oh, that's just life. No, no, no. It doesn't need to be life because we can enjoy that God has given us life. When will these things end? They end the moment that you get into the spirit. You begin to appreciate God for his goodness. I thank you, God, for giving me this. I don't want to murmur to something that you've given me, God, to maintain myself. Almighty God, powerful God, you love me. You love me. You're creating things. There's people being born that are creating solutions for my health. Because of you, God, it's because you love me, God. I don't want to doubt your love for me, Jesus. I don't want to doubt because I've seen something, I've experienced something, God. That's just the flesh talking. I want to talk through the spirit. I want to talk through the spirit. Talking through the spirit is believing in spiritual things, is things that cannot be seen. I want to speak from the heavens. As you begin to do things in my life and those that I love, Jesus, I want my touch on those that I love to bring your power to them, Lord, to speak life into them, to continue life in them, Father. But this fire has to reign in me, Jesus. This beautiful fire that it's in me, Jesus, but it's got to reign in me, Jesus. Too long it's been kindled, sometimes almost put out, but it's still in me, Jesus. Ignited tonight, Father, in me to believe more in you, Jesus, to want to fuel it, to feed it. How can I feed it more, Jesus? How can I see you more, Jesus? I want to experience you more, Jesus, than I've ever experienced you before, Jesus. It doesn't take me being 100% to experience you, Jesus. All it takes is me believing you, Jesus, for you to move in me. Now I want you to move in me, Jesus. Oh, this power, this power, it cannot just be given to anyone to be misused. This power is love. This power starts with love. Oh, like I said, sometimes we ask of God and we can't forgive. Oh, you can't have the power yet. The power's not yours yet. Oh, sometimes we ask of God this thing and we're not doing God's will. Oh, you can't have the power yet. But that moment that you submit yourself, that moment that you just believe, that moment that you experience Christ and and actions that you do, that power's in you. Grab this power as the men that were walking with Jesus after he was crucified. And they felt this power. They felt this that they wanted to hold him. They felt this power, God. Oh, God. Oh, God, I don't want you to leave me, God. Our understanding is that he will not leave you. You could take him with you. He's in you. He's in you. Thrive it, thrive it, thrive it, thrive it. 
private. God, God, you're in me, God. This is in me, God. This power is in me, God. The doubt that I'm having, God, that you're in me, God, is right now the fact that I haven't completely sold myself to the obedience. But you're in me, God. You're in me, God. It's in me. The gift is in me. The gift is in me. I can't doubt that this gift is in me. It's in me. There, 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 there's the first thing. It's in me. Now, now i got to get it to thrive with obedience. The problem is, is the obedience is that the flesh wants one thing, but the spirit wants another thing. Oh, I want to fuel you, Spirit. Oh, powerful Spirit. Oh, man. I want to learn more. I want to understand more, God, of what you're going to do with this. Oh, but this gift you've given me. Why don't we all stand up, brothers and sisters, and worship God for a little bit here? Oh, we praise you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, mighty God, mighty God. Use us, Father. Use us, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, bless us, Jesus. Bless us, Lord. Bless us, Father. Bless the church, Jesus. Remind us of your love, Father. Remind us of your love, Jesus. Your goodness, Jesus. You are great, Father. You will never abandon us, Jesus. You hold on to us, Father. You hold on to us, Father. You've given us this comforter, Jesus, to not doubt you, Father, to not doubt you're with us, Jesus. Help us, Father, to see it.